Well, as Alary has already said, if anyone has known me for more than five minutes, you know I love gardening, nature, plants. I'm just absolutely passionate about it. And I also like to take photographs. So I think a few of my photographs are going to come up behind you there. I just find that I connect with God through nature, and I just love being outside. Because we live in an amazing world, don't we? It is beautiful, the detail of it. And, and I hope you'll agree with me, whether you're a Christian or whether you're exploring yourself today, you're, you're really welcome. And I hope you agree that the world around us is amazing, isn't it? Just stunning. Many of us may well have gained a new appreciation of the world around us um, over the last year and a half with the lockdown. Well, our lovely walks out. Uh, certainly we found new spaces, green spaces that we didn't know about. Um, and as Christians, I believe that I believe in God as the creator through the creation story. Maybe that is in seven days or maybe as God as director of creation. But either way, we believe that there is a God in heaven who has created and continues to create our world. So if you're a Christian here today and you care about the Bible, you care about the planet, you care about nature and the environment. And even if you're here today and you don't call yourself a Christian, I hope that as long as we are human, we care about the planet because this is the home we have to live in. It's the only one that we have. So today, as part of our Reset series, um, we're going to look at the issue of sustainable living, making choices now that help to care for the planet and care for this amazing creation that we have. Um, a number of Christian organizations have called this Sunday COP26 Sunday, not a very catchy title, or um, Climate Change Sunday. So I really hope you've not got bored with that over this last week. It has been in the news a lot, hasn't it? But I think it's a really important topic for us to talk about and look at the situation that we're facing and to remind ourselves that we all have a part to play in looking after this world. So let's start by opening our Bibles this morning. Um, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about this home. Before I do that, let me just pray. Lord, we thank you for the Bible, for that word to us. Up to us. That you would help us see things in your world, the word that we've not seen before. So speak to us, Lord, through your Bible today. Amen. Is this microphone all right? Is it a bit jumpy? Very jumpy. Are you getting in me a new one? Oh, fantastic. Shall I just keep going for a minute? All right, so we're going to read our Bible passage this morning, and it's a really passage to find. It's the first chapter of the first book, Genesis chapter 1, if you want to be turning to it. And I'm actually going to the message today, so if you have a phone and you can dial up the version, you may want to follow it in the message. This is really jumpy, isn't it? Okay, it's going to take a few minutes, so let's read the passage. It will be, if you lose words, it will be up on the screen. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. So they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting. God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, 
for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food. To all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes, I give whatever grows out of the ground for food. And there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good, so very good. It was evening, it was morning, day six. I love the end of this chapter. You may well know the words in a different version. God saw all that he had made, and it was good. But I also love this really poetic version in the message. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good, so very good. So God loves creation. He delights in creation and he really cares about it too. And the beauty and wonder of creation points to the creator too. It points to a God of detail, of beauty, of connectivity in everything, the natural world in balance. Thankfully, God doesn't need an enforced lockdown to enjoy the beauty of our world. Our world is amazing, but as soon as God created it, man, and he gave him a job to do. The first instruction in the Bible, if you like, verse 26, so they can be responsible for all the animals, birds, and fish, every living thing that moves on the face of the earth and the earth itself. So the message uses that language of responsibility. If you look at the new international version, some of you may have that when it talks about ruling over or subduing. I particularly like the King James version on the verse. It says, have dominion over the animals. Replenish the earth. Replenish. So right at the beginning of the Bible, this passage gives us responsibility for creation, doesn't it? Gives us stewardship of the earth and its resources. And it's a bit a user manual, if you like, for the planet. And when the Bible says make human beings responsible, that is all of us, isn't it? Yes, it's big business. Yes, it's governments and all that's going on up at Glasgow this week. It's also us. We each have our part to play. I think it's fair to say, if you've been looking at the headlines of the last few weeks, we've, mankind has not done a great job at this, have we? Of being responsible. We've messed it up, basically. The natural world is struggling right now, and it has been for some time. You'll know that there are three major crises the Earth is facing. Obviously, change, plastic pollution, and biodiversity loss. Climate change, as you know, of course, is in the media right now, and it is probably the biggest threat to humans that we have ever known. So what is the problem that we're looking at? I'm just, bear with me, I'm just going to give you two minutes of citizen science, if you like. Basically, the increase of carbon dioxide is the problem, and other greenhouse gases. The increase of carbon dioxide has been building up in the atmosphere since the dawn of the industrial era, and it is still increasing. Carbon dioxide forms a blanket around our planet, if you like. If you put too many blankets on, you get too hot. And that is basically what we have been doing to the Earth. Um, If you prefer a picture, here is some data from NASA which shows the increase of carbon dioxide since industrial times. You can see that carbon dioxide goes up and down a bit over thousands of years, and then you hit... Uh, 1950, whoosh, straight up. This is not just a blip. This is man-made 
So you're probably sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, why are we talking about this at church? What has this got to do with discipleship and Christian living and encouraging each other on in faith? Well, I believe that creation care is a discipleship issue. As we've seen from our reading, stewardship of the planet and its resources is the first job that is given to us in the Bible, to be responsible for it. So even though our ultimate hope is in heaven, what we do here on earth really matters. We have a responsibility. Secondly, it affects everybody, but it particularly affects the poor and the marginalized. Climate change is not fair. And we're called to love our neighbor, and particularly the poor and the vulnerable. Here's a quote from Wangari Maathai, who was the first environmentalist to win the Nobel Peace Prize. The cruel irony is that those who are suffering the most as a result of climate change are those that have had very little to do with creating the problem. If we are called to love others, then failing to care about climate change is failing to care about others. And also, climate change affects pretty much everything that you see filling the headlines right now. From public health, the extremes of heat and polluted air, food security, water issues, humanitarian crises, scarcity of resources, the impact of disaster, justice, and some would even say it is a race issue too. The fact of the matter is it is a human issue. If we care about people, we care about the climate. Having said that, climate change can seem very distant to us, can't it? It's something that scientists do, maybe the politicians up in Glasgow, it's kind of, it's all out there. It's not, how significant is it to me? And there is a reality that we live in a relatively rich country and we are buffered from extremes. We are buffered geographically because of where we sit in the planet, but also we are buffered. If it gets really hot here, chances are we can just jump on a train and go to the coast for the day, or maybe buy a fan or an air conditioning unit. If a particular crop fails somewhere, you just go to the supermarket and buy something else, don't you? If the worst were to happen and you were to get flooded, it's probably horribly unpleasant and stinky and all sorts of things. But you could probably chain, claim on your insurance, or maybe stay with family or friends, or if it came to it, get help from social services. We have safety nets in this country. Wealth, even if it's not personal wealth, then country wealth is a safety net. But that's not the same for everybody, is it? We're going to look at an example. This is a story that Tear Fund have um, put out for this week for this Climate Change Sunday. Um, so thank you, Tear Fund, for doing this. So this next picture is a lady called Orbissa. She lives in Ethiopia. Um, she lives in Ethiopia. She's a mum. She has a number of children. And her income comes from cattle. She had 10 cattle, and so she looked after the cattle. They grazed the pastures. She did well. She, she managed and she fed her family. Drought has come to Ethiopia, and nine of her 10 cattle have died. So her income stream has gone. Also, she used to get stream from the, uh, water from the stream in her village. It was five minutes' walk from her house, and that has now dried up. So she now has to walk 10 hours a day just to get enough to drink for her and her family. The green land around them has dried up. She has no safety net. Now, I don't know Orbissa. I don't suppose anyone here does. And it does seem an awfully long way from, from us, doesn't it? But the choices we make here in the UK now are affecting people like Orbissa. The choices that we make in things like energy use, transport, shopping, food and drink, waste and money, they are affecting Orbissa and her family. 
Decisions we make in our lives are detrimental to our global neighbours, to the poor, to those living without the buffers that countries in the West have. In effect, what we're doing to families like Orbissa is taking away the very foundation of her existence. There you go. So if we're called to be responsible for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth, then we are called to look after Obissa and her family too. If we're called to look after the poor and the marginalised, then we are called to reset, to make a difference in the way that we live that is harmful to others. Bringing it closer to home, you remember back in July, we had a few really hot, sticky nights, didn't we? You know the nights when the windows are open, you long for a breeze, you throw off the covers, don't you? It's just hot and sticky. I grew up as a child in the 70s. Personally, I don't remember nights like that. I don't remember those hot, sticky nights. So to me, it feels like we're getting more of them now than we were back in the 70s. Now, that might just be my imagination, but when you look at the data, that would actually back it up. I'm sure you've seen these graphics recently, these colour graphics. So white is an average year, blue is colder than average, red is hotter than average. So are we having more hot and sticky nights? Well, that would suggest that we certainly are. We can actually feel the effects of climate change here. It's a bit uncomfortable, it's not life-threatening. But unless we take this moment for a reset moment, then it's going to get worse. So. Do I want to alarm you? No, I don't. But do we need to accept that there's a problem? Absolutely. And do we need to accept that corporately and individually we are responsible? Yes, I think we do. We need to do something about this. Uh, the Church of England and the Pope in the last few months have declared a climate emergency. I know Riverside doesn't have quite the same influence as the Pope or the Church of England, but right now I say to you, we declare a climate emergency. This is a problem. We need to do something about it. We need to do something to look after this amazing planet we call home. So the situation is not great. But as we read in the passage, we have a God-given responsibility to make a difference. Yes, the governments and the COP26 nations and big businesses have to make a change. But we shouldn't wait for them to act, should we? We have seen the God-given responsibility we have. So we should start by being the change that we want to be. I think that's Gandhi said that one, wasn't it? So we have to act. Now, the good news is the global church has about 2.5 billion members. So what if the church, the global church, not just Riverside, took this as a green reset moment? If we all came together to tackle this issue of climate change and think about the impact we have? It's not an insurmountable problem if we all play our part. So where do we start? Well, there are things that we can do corporately together as a church at Riverside and things that we need to do individually. The first thing we want to do corporately as a church, we want to make some changes here. We have already made a start. Our electricity provider is now a renewable source, which is great. That's a good place to start. We've banned glitter. Yay. <laughs> Up in Young Vineyard, horrible stuff. And we're doing what we can to reduce our plastic waste, but we want to do more. So we have an environmental audit tool, and um, Andy Gill has kindly agreed to head up a green team to carry out an audit in the church and to advise us where we can make changes. So we need a green team to look at everything we do from our ministries and our services right through to Sundays and our stationery cupboard. What steps can we do 
a Riverside Vineyard here to make a difference, to do things better. If you're interested in joining our green team, if you have any skills that you think would be helpful, we would love to hear from you. Andy will be at a table at the back there. You can go and talk to him. Um, if you are online, please just email me, bethan at riversidevineyard.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love a, a lovely, strong team that can help advise us on what changes we need to make. So please do consider joining us. Oh, I forgot my cup. Andy, can you chuck your cup over? Secondly, whoa. Please, can you help us? Can you bring your reusable cups to church each week? We really want to phase out disposable cups by the end of this year for everybody except for newcomers. So please do what you can to remember your cup each week. Uh, we put ours right by the front door. You may want to put one in your car. You may want to put one in every bag you carry. Or put a diary reminder in that pops up every Sunday morning. But please do what you can. Every time you remember your cup, that's one less going to landfill. Would you join us in prayer as well? Would you join this, add this to your prayer list? There are some great resources at 24-7 Climate Justice website. Um, Lectio 365, the Bible app, for those of you using that, is on a climate change series right now. Um, there are other organizations like Christian Aid as well. Pray for the COP26 conference, for the decision makers and for the governments to make great choices and for justice ultimately. Fourth one, I think this is really important, is actually to talk about it, to speak up. Talk about it amongst your friends. If you're having dinner at lunchtime with your kids, sit and talk about it at lunchtime. Talk about it with your colleagues. Um, a couple of resources if you want to learn a little bit more about it. A couple of books I've read recently. Um, this first one is by Catherine Hayhoe. Um, she is a Christian climate scientist. There's a bit of science in there, but she's a Christian too. She, she brings that aspect. Um, and if you want some ideas on what to change, Elle is for Lifestyle by Ruth Valerio is a really good place to start. If you've got kids too, talk to them. You might be surprised how much they know about this. They learn a lot about this at school. What about um, writing emails, lobbying, writing to your MP, signing petitions? Speaking up about practices at work, if you see things you're thinking, that's not great. Use your voice. That's really powerful. And then the fifth thing is make some changes. Uh, the BBC One show, if you watched that at all, it's had a campaign, campaign this last week saying make one change. And they've got loads of ideas on their website. In fact, there are lots of ideas out there to help us make changes. I would actually challenge us we need to make more than one change. <laughs> one change is a great place to start, but let's make some changes. So here's a question for you. Does anyone know the single most significant change you can make that will lessen your carbon footprint? Anyone have any ideas? Shout it out. Travel, that's a good one to make. Not the most, eat less meat, eat less meat, that's a really good one. That is not the most significant one. Cut down on single plastics, fantastic. You know all this stuff, don't you guys? Anymore? Don't buy so many clothes. Fantastic. Go to the charity shop. Love charity shops. No, it's not confession time, though. No. <laughs> Insulate your house, yeah. Some really good things here. No one's hit on the most significant one yet. Meat. Less food waste. Oh, there speaks. Sorry, what was that one? Water waste, yeah, don't waste water. These are brilliant things. You know a lot of things. This one surprised me when I heard it. The most significant thing you can do to lessen your carbon footprint is, if you have one, move your pension. How about that? You're thinking, how does that work? A lot of pensions are invested in shares and businesses. 
and no offence to anyone that works for BP down the road, a lot of them are invested in coal, oil, gas, things like that. If you move your pension, you're moving your money away from them. And there is already a trend that that is starting. Big banks are starting to move away from them. Um, you might think, I can't move my pension, I haven't got any control over it. You might be surprised. We, we were with People's Pension, we went on the website, we found the button, it took a bit of searching, but you literally just click and you cho choose ethical pension investments. So if you have control over your pension, move your pension. If you don't have control, how about writing to your trustees board and asking them where they're invested and asking if they would consider to move to ethical. There you go, you've learned something new today. Some other things we can make changes. Food and drink. You know that one already, don't you? Yeah, less meat. Transport. Leave your car less, absolutely. Use tra public transport. Um, next time you're buying a car, consider electric. Use your feet, absolutely. Cycle. Waste. Less food waste. To be honest, just less waste in general. We have a lot of stuff, don't we? A lot of stuff in this Western world. What's this next one? Shopping. Oh, yeah. Buy less. Buy less stuff. Money. Move your pension. And if you've got any other investments too, consider where they're invested. And energy. Move your energy supplier. Energy supply is a big one, but you can do little things too, can't you? Um, smaller things. Change your light bulbs. Insulate your house. Turn your thermostat down. Turn the lights off. Put a jumper on. Fantastic. Yeah. You know this stuff. Go to the charity shop. Yeah, buy a new jumper at the charity shop. Absolutely. So I want to challenge all of us today to make at least one change. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to ask you, what change are you going to make today or this week? And just turn to your neighbor and tell them what it is. And don't go small. Don't go, I'm going to get rid of straws or something. Go something big. I really challenge you to go big. So just, just take a moment, talk to someone next to you and tell them what you're going to do to make a change. Fantastic. Next time you see that person you've just spoken to, unless it's your husband or your partner, of course, ask them how they're getting on. Have you made that change? Yeah? Talk about this in your small groups in the next few weeks. There are, as I say, there are so many resources out there. I believe Tier Fund have even got small group series of, I think it's four sessions um, that you could use. Talk about it. Talk with your family. Make decisions. And we'd love to hear how you get on. Just, just email me, bethanriversidevineyard.com. I'd love to hear your stories. The reality is we live in an amazing place. We have messed it up, but it's not too late, is it? We have that God-given responsibility. So my encouragement to all of us today is let's take that opportunity for a reset moment, both as a church and individually, to step into our God-given responsibility for the created world. One of the words in one of the songs that really hit me this morning, as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Wow, that's powerful. I'm just going to invite you to stand with me. I think Al's going to come and join me. And do you know what? I'm just going to do this off the top of my head. I think we should pray now for the COP26 Climate Change Summit because they're big decision makers, aren't they? So if we all agree to pray at the same time, then you won't hear anyone who's praying next to you. So let's just do that. Let's just pray for the COP26 Climate Change, for the governments, for the decision makers, for good decisions to be made and for the care of the planet and the protection of God's creation to be at the heart of it all. Okay, let's just pray and then I'll close at the end. Yes, yeah, so, so we lift up the COP26 Climate Summit. We lift up the leaders, the decision makers, everybody who's up there, Lord, that they would make good, bold, strong decisions. 
that the care of your amazing creation would be at the heart of everything that goes on in this next week. Amen.